such a huge baseball fan, I just assumed you played in the softball league or something. Yep, ten years ago. <laughs> the batting cages today is a good place to start again, I guess. Uh, one day you helped build a baseball diamond and suddenly you want to play again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just glad I ended up going instead of staying home and complaining about never getting to spend time outside. Helping out with that baseball diamond a few weeks ago just got me thinking. I used to play all the time, probably every day when I was a kid. You? <laughs> no, no, not so much. Man, my dad and older brothers, they were all crazy about baseball, so I guess it was inevitable. Working on that baseball diamond got me thinking. I guess not every kid has that. A family like that, you know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, especially my family. What do you mean? Well, my parents split up when I was seven, and I didn't see my dad much after that. Man, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, so I'm a sucker for projects that help guys in situations like I used to be in. Well, like we did with the baseball field. That's really cool of you. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, it wasn't always cool. I, uh, I spent a lot of years pretty angry. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the church guy, right? Now, honestly, I didn't want to have anything to do with God for a long time because of that. Why? I think a lot of it was because of difficulties with my dad. I just didn't trust anybody. So anytime I heard somebody talk about God, I figured I couldn't trust him either. So what happened? Well, I had this roommate in my junior year of college, Jeff. He was, uh, <laughs> he was pretty open about his faith in God and about following Jesus. Well, needless to say, I was skeptical. But I don't know. He, he eventually just gave me a lot of reasons to believe what he was saying. Really? Yeah. He always did what he said he was going to do. And he was the same in front of others as he was in front of me. And he even stood up for me a couple of times, probably when nobody should have. And uh, that was the first time I trusted somebody. Really trusted them. It's got me asking a lot of questions. Like what? Well, like, you know, what if I really could trust God? What if some of what Jeff said about Jesus was true? So I started reading the Bible and sometimes even went to church with Jeff. I wanted to find out if this, this God stuff was real. I just got to a point where I found out enough things about God, about how much he loved me and, and wanted to have a relationship with me, that I realized he was worth trusting. So this one night while I was talking to Jeff about all this, I prayed to God and told him I trusted him and asked him to forgive me for the things I'd done wrong and to begin to lead my life. Now, I didn't know everything that meant or, or what it would come to mean, but that's where it all started. Trust issues still comes up sometimes, but it's so different these days. For real? How? Well, like I still have trouble sometimes trusting people, but I don't react like I used to. God really has helped me get through some of my own junk so that I don't, I don't start off instantly being skeptical of others. I at least try to give them the benefit of the doubt. And now, I want to be somebody that's trustworthy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I got it all together all the time. No, man, I, I think I hear what you're saying. What about you? I know you said that you went to church as a kid, but how about now? Right. Church was okay when I was a kid. 
But I wouldn't consider myself religious today by any means. Good morning. Welcome. We're glad you're here today. And we welcome you and we welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us. We're glad that you are here this morning and hope that you'll feel very much part of our family as we worship God together today. Uh, Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on each row. We'd like to ask if you would in the in the uh, purple folder there. We'd like to ask if you would to fill that out as completely as you feel comfortable uh, filling it out um, uh, to give us a record of, of your attendance with us today. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please be sure to put your email address on there and we'll be sure to get you on our list that comes out each Thursday. And it's a great opportunity to uh, to learn about what's going on here at Community Baptist, the opportunities for fellowship and, and for worship and for service here at Community Baptist. Uh, the video that you just um, just saw is one that it's a part of a series that we are going through on Wednesday nights uh, about becoming a contagious Christian. And this was called Telling Your Story. And if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you have a story that you can tell uh, just like he did. It was non-threatening. It was something very simple, just relating how Christ has made a difference in your life. And if you have a relationship with Christ, then every one of us has that kind of story that you can share with other people. This Wednesday, this week, we will be talking about telling your story. And we'll be talking about how we can develop the story that we have that we can tell uh, other people about Jesus Christ and about what Christ has done in our lives. So we invite you to come on Wednesday evening. Uh, we'll be we'll begin with a uh, light dinner about 5:45, and then our Bible study and prayer time will start at 6:30. And so we invite you to come and be a part of that special time. Uh, we have several things that are coming up uh, tomorrow. We're starting Vacation Bible School, and uh, we are joining along with uh, three other churches in town: um, the First Christian Church, the Presbyterian Church. And St. Paul's Episcopal Church, we are joining with these three churches uh, to conduct our vacation Bible school. And this year it will be held at St. Paul's Episcopal Church. And that begins at 9 o'clock? 9? Decorating today, right after church, right? About 1 o'clock, okay, if you have a couple of hours uh, today and, and would like to help, uh, you can meet at uh, St. Paul's Episcopal. Uh, registration begins at 8.30 tomorrow, and and, uh, um, and uh, Vacation Bible School begins at 9.30. So uh, if, you, if you have some kids, bring them along. If you know some kids, be sure they know about it. It's going to be a wonderful week, as it always is. Uh, Extreme Build, Uh, we've been talking about this for several months now, and next week we will be leaving uh, to go on our mission trip. After after the worship service on uh, next Sunday, we'll be leaving to go to uh, Pine Knot, Kentucky, in eastern Kentucky, and nine members of our church will be uh, gathering together there, uh, along with a lot of other volunteers from around the state. And in one week's period of time, we will build a house. Uh, the foundation will be there. I think they're going to put up the uh, the framing on Saturday, and we will start on Monday to put it all together. And by Saturday, by the following Saturday, 
we will have that house completed and hand the keys over to the new owners and um, and have a time of celebration on that Saturday. So uh, please be in prayer for your uh, uh, mission team that will be going and, uh, and, and keep them in your mind uh, as we share in that time together. Uh, on June the 23rd, our youth will be sponsoring a spaghetti dinner and a concert and an auction, I think. Uh, there are tickets available. Julie has some tickets, I believe. If, and if you would like some tickets, uh, uh, Nathaniel's saying, I've got tickets, so uh, see me. So I'll, I'll buy tickets. <laughs> I'll sell tickets. Um, so if you would like to take some tickets and sell them, uh, then please feel free to do that. See Julie, and she can give you a handful of tickets to go and sell. I think the price is $15. And that will be a, a dinner and entertainment and and, uh, and the auction as well. And this is to raise funds for, uh, for our youth ministry here at Community Baptist. Also, you will see in the worship folder there's an announcement about the Joy Lunch on the 19th uh, having an outing. That has been postponed. We are not going to be doing that on the 19th. We'll, we'll look maybe doing that in July or some other time. Uh, there were just too many conflicts on that day, so uh, we will not be doing that on the 19th. However, speaking of joy lunch and speaking of joy, I think it's a good time for us to spread the joy of Christ by standing and greeting each other in the, in the joy of the Lord. So let's greet each other in the name of Christ.
Have you ever had somebody praying for you and you just knew it? That's something to be thankful for, isn't it? it certainly is. Thank you for that song. Uh, children, come on up. We have our children's moment. And if you'll see the uh, puppet stage over here, that's where you need to go. Go right over here to our puppet stage and we'll have a uh, special presentation for all of our children today. So come on up, children. We're all our children. Come on up. <laughs> Come on, children. Right over here. Hello, boys and girls. How are we doing today? We are here to sing along songs with us at this Community Baptist Church. And my good friend, Kelsey Dunham, and I are going to sing along some songs as you read along with us. Thank you. Yes, Jesus. 
difícil. Please join me in our responsive reading called Stillness. Quietly, we come to you in prayer. During this hour, we want to be still and know that you are God. Today, we ask for a steadying, a refocusing, a reshaping of our lives. Let us meet you at the deepest places of our hearts. May our breath move in and out as one with yours. Amen. John twelve twenty through thirty three. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it's for this reason that I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I've glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was about to die.
Father, we just thank you this morning just for uh, being in this house, Father God, just preparing a place for us to come and worship you, Father. And uh, we just continue to invite you in, Father God, and we just... Uh, we just lift up everybody here, Father God. And this, uh, this I ask you to cover them with, with your blessing, Father God. And this offering we're about to take, Father, may it used to be glorified you, expand your kingdom, and may the money even be uh, brought back to the people, Father God. And we just thank you, Father God, just for being such an awesome God. And we just love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. The old spiritual says, somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. Old sinner, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking. Somebody's knocking at your door. Through history, people have claimed that God spoke to them. Some of them were looked on with disdain and doubt. But the Lord says, I will be with you always. If the Lord is truly here, it is hard to believe that in the quiet moments of meditation... The still, small voice will whisper through the Spirit. So let's wait and be ready. Let us listen with our minds and our hearts that we may truly hear the word of the Lord. In times of true worship, when the wall between heaven and earth seems so thin there comes a knock that sometimes only the heart can hear the knock that is patient yet still waits for a response oh sinner why don't you answer somebody's knocking Jesus said behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Good morning. If you have spoken with me this morning, you know that my excitement can barely be contained. I am so excited that the band Undefined Worship is able to join us this morning in our service. This band is near and dear to my heart. Two of its members, Burkell and Brage, were students of mine at Harrison, and I'm very proud to be able to call them friends now. Their talent is just extraordinary. It never ceases to amaze me, and I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. So help me welcome the band Undefined Worship. Amen. We, I'll speak on behalf of the group. We truly thank and praise God this morning for being here and being able to worship with you guys this morning. And I would also like to give honor, if she would stand, 
to my first lady of my church, a breakthrough. Amen. Go ahead and say it. Amen. Woo! I'll just acknowledge her. Amen. She came to support us this morning. Amen. Go ahead.
it's given to you. Since the blood
sing with me. How you all can sing along. Okay. Our God, and all will sing how great, how great is our
Wow. Uh, what what wonderful talents you have, Rajay! You 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 uh, uh, you wrote the first song that that y'all played, and what wonderful talent you have! And I am grateful for you sharing that with us today. And I have a feeling that these people out here would rather hear you continue to sing than hear me preach a sermon. And I knew that would be the reaction, but they know better than that. But thank you so much for, for, your, uh, for that wonderful ministry and song. Okay, here's the scenario. man is uh, watching a football game on TV, and his wife is trying to talk with him. And the conversation goes something like this. The wife says, Honey, the plumber didn't come to fix the, the leak behind the water heater today. And the husband responds, Uh-huh. So the wife says, the pipe burst and flooded the basement. And the husband says, shh, it's third down and goal to go. And the wife said, some of the wiring got wet and almost electrocuted Fluffy. And the husband says, darn it, touchdown. The wife said, the vet says he'll be better in about a week. And then the husband says, can you give me a Coke? The wife said, the plumber told me that he was happy that the pipe broke because now he can afford to go on vacation. And the husband repeated, aren't you listening? Can you give me a Coke? And the wife said, and Stanley, I'm leaving you. The plumber and I are flying to Acapulco tomorrow. (laughs) And the husband replied, can you please stop all that yammering and get me a Coke? The problem around here is that nobody ever listens to me. Poor guy, nobody ever listens to him. Well, our scripture lesson for today takes place six days before the celebration of Passover. And Passover was a huge celebration in Jerusalem. The ancient Jewish historian Josephus estimated that over two million people came to town during the Passover feast. Devout Jews from all around the Mediterranean area came to offer their sacrifices to God and to pay their temple tax. And among those who came to Jerusalem were people from uh, from Rome, from 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 Rome, from uh, Persia, from Syria, from Egypt. The Greeks came from all around the area. They came to Jerusalem. And as our lesson for today opens up, Jesus was at his friend's house, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, in Bethany. Bethany is a small town just a a couple of miles away from, from Jerusalem. And this was some time after Jesus had already raised Lazarus from the dead. So Mary and Martha were throwing a dinner party for Jesus since he was in town. And, of course, Lazarus was there, too, alive and in the flesh, as they say. So a large, folks, a large crowd of folks found out that, that Jesus was going to be there at this dinner party, and they came, not only because they wanted to see Jesus, but also because they wanted to see Lazarus. 
I mean, Lazarus had become somewhat of a celebrity after he was raised from the dead. We can just imagine the the tabloid headlines. Bethany resident raised from the dead after four days in a stinking tomb. And we've already noted that Jesus had developed a kind of a, a rock star following. And the raising of Lazarus certainly did nothing to discourage that. As one Pharisee said to another, look at how the whole world has gone after him. Well, among those who came to see Jesus that day were some Greeks. They approached Philip, who was from Bethsaida. And Philip's surname was a Greek name, and his home village was known as a place where a lot of Greek immigrants lived. So they probably thought that Philip would be more open to their request than any of the other disciples. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. So Philip went to Andrew, and together he and Andrew went to tell Jesus. But Jesus didn't seem to be impressed by this very much. Instead, what he did, he replied, as he often did, with a cryptic message about his impending death. And he concludes his response by saying to this to them, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Instead, Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven saying, I have glorified it. And I will glorify it again. Well, apparently this was an audible voice, a voice that could be heard by anyone who was listening. But I want you to notice what John tells us about the crowd that had gathered there that day. He said that the crowd who heard the voice dismissed it as thunder, while others of them said that an angel had spoken to Jesus. Well, in response to their reaction, Jesus said, this, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. And that's pretty interesting, isn't it? God spoke from the heavens, but most of the people who heard it simply dismissed it as thunder. When I read this reaction, I thought about that that phrase that we sometimes use when we don't really want to go into the boring details of a conversation. You know, we, we fill in the blanks by saying, blah, blah, blah. You ever done that? You're in a conversation and you're, you're kind of talking along and, and, and you don't want to, you want to carry on the conversation, but you don't want to go into all of the details and so you just say, well, you know, he, he was looking at me and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, for the crowd that day, when God spoke, it meant nothing more to them than blah, blah, blah. It's just like the sound of thunder. 
Dr. James Limler was preaching one day about the Trinity. And today is Trinity Sunday, by the way. He told about a, a couple of parents who had gone home from his church during, and during lunch. They were talking about his sermon. And in the midst of their conversation, their second grade daughter chimed in and said, Oh, Pastor Limler's sermons are always the same. You know, blah, 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 love, 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 blah, blah, blah. And Dr. Limler's response to that was, Hey, this little girl really gets it. The message, the repetition, the, the core, the redundancy. And that's the way it is with the Holy Trinity over and over again. Blah, blah, blah. Love, love, love. Blah, blah, blah. God the Creator, I love you and gave you your life. God the Redeemer, I love you and embrace you in that love forever. God the Spirit, I love you and, and warm your heart and your soul with that love. Blah, blah, blah. Love, love, love. I just wish that that was what the people heard that day when the, the voice Came from heaven. Blah, blah, blah. Love. But John tells us that the crowd that was there that day said that it was only thunder. Well, here's the truth of the matter a lot of people are so disconnected from God. That if God were to speak to them with an audible voice, they still would not hear. And all they would hear would be thunder. Jesus said to those who heard only thunder, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. But they didn't hear it. There's a rather obscure definition of sin in the Bible. It comes from a Hebrew word that means a failure to listen. You see, when we fail to listen, we are cut off from whoever it is that we are speaking with or who is speaking to us. When we don't listen to them, we're cut off from them. And that's not what God wants. In George Bernard Shaw's play about Joan of Arc, Joan was talking about hearing God's messages. You remember the story of Joan. She would hear the voice of God speaking to her and asking her to do things that were quite out of the ordinary for a young woman in that age, in that day and time. Well, Joan was talking to King Charles about hearing God's messages, and Charles didn't appreciate this crazy lady dressed in armor who insisted on leading armies. He didn't appreciate her. He's threatened by her. And so he says, oh, your voices, your voices, always your voices. Why don't these voices come to me? I am the king, not you. And Joan replies, they do come to you, but you do not hear them. 
You have not sat in the field in the evening listening for them. When the angelus rings, you, you, you cross yourself and have done with it. But if you prayed from your heart and listened to the trilling of the bells in the air long after they have stopped ringing, you would hear the voices as well as I do. Joan heard the voice of God, but the, the king, if he heard anything at all, heard only thunder, thunder. Why? Because she was listening for the voice of God. And he wasn't. But some people are so disconnected from God that they, they never even hear God when God speaks to them. Other people are so preoccupied with their own pursuits that they are not even aware when God speaks to them. There's a time-honored story about an old farmer who was persuaded by his nephew to visit the big city. And this is the first time he'd been to the big city. So the man proudly took him on a tour of the city. And the farmer was quite impressed. He had never seen anything like this before. The, the tall buildings and the, the busy streets. It was, it was amazing to see all of this. But as they were walking along the busy sidewalks, the old man suddenly stopped and he said, did you hear that? The young man looked at all the pedestrians and the traffic and he said, hear what? The man said, a cricket. As he walked over towards a little tuft of grass that was growing out of a crack. And sure enough, there in that little tuft of grass, in that crack, there was a cricket. The young, young man was amazed. He said, how in the world did you pick up the sound of that little cricket and all of the noise here? And the old farmer didn't say a word. He just reached down into his pocket and pulled out a couple of coins and dropped them on the sidewalk. And immediately he looked around and saw people begin to, to look in their pockets and look down at the sidewalk. And then the old man said this. He said, we hear what our ears are trained to hear. And that's true, isn't it? Psychologist Ellen Langer says that many people are so preoccupied with their daily lives that they rarely listen to the people around them, kind of like the, the guy at the beginning of the sermon who was in, in, engrossed in his football game. He didn't listen to the people around and how often are we guilty of that? For example, what do we call a, a tree that has acorns? An oak. What do we call a funny story? A joke. What do we call the sound that a frog makes? Croak. What do we call the white of an egg? No, it's not a yolk, it's a white. You weren't listening. Almost everybody gets it wrong. You become accustomed to the words ending with oak and ending with the oak sound, and, and so you just naturally say yoke, but that's not right. 
So how, do we, how well do we listen to the people around us? And how well do we listen to God? There's a great scene from the movie Ray. Have you seen the movie Ray about Ray Charles? There's a great scene in that movie, which was, the, the, the movie's based on Ray Charles' life. And Ray went blind when he was only seven years old. He lived in his childhood in poverty in a little one-room shack at the edge of a sharecropper's field. But in this particular scene, we see Ray as a child run into the house and, and trip over a chair. And he, he's lying on the floor and he starts to wail for his mom. Mama, Mama, I need you. I need you. And she's standing at the stove right in front of him and instinctively she reaches out to, to lift him up, but then she stops. And she backs up. She stands still and watches. Young Ray finally cry, stops crying and he, and he listens. He begins to listen and he, he hears behind him the water on the, on the stove whistling to a boil. He hears outside the winds pass through the corn stalks. He hears the thud of horses' hooves on the road and the creak of the wagon going by. And then he hears in front of him the, the faint scratch of a grasshopper walking across the floor. He inches over and and attentive now to every sigh and twitch, he, he gathers this tiny insect into his hand and he holds it in his open palm. And he says, I hear you too, Mama. And she begins to weep with pride and with sorrow and with wonder. And later on, he says to someone, I hear like you see. You see, Ray Charles trained himself to listen. And I think that would be a good thing for all of us to do as well, whether we have sight or not. Listen. Listen to your colleagues. Listen to your loved ones. And most importantly, listen to God. It is important for us to know that God does speak to those who listen. God does speak to those who listen. Not audibly, perhaps. We usually, we usually get pretty worried when somebody hears, hears voices, don't we? And we should, rightfully so. But the voice of God is is usually an inward voice, a silent voice, a voice in our mind or in the depths of our soul. God may speak to us through a strong emotion or through a friend. Someone may say, I feel God telling me that I need to support this mission project. And you know, I have, I have no doubt that God's doing that. In fact, I, I think that the greatest untapped source of power that we have is the unheard voice of God. Jesus said, this voice is not for my benefit. It's for yours.
We need to listen. When God speaks to us, we need to be ready to hear. But that takes work on our part. Many of you will remember a few years back when the story came out about how the D.C. snipers were apprehended. This was in October, 10 years ago, in 2002, when those tragic shootings were taking place around Washington, D.C., and Maryland, and Virginia, right around that area. Ten people were killed. Three others were critically wounded. Many citizens helped the police in, in solving that terrible crime. But among those citizens was a trucker named Ron Lance from Ludlow, Kentucky. Lance was listening to his radio one day when he we heard a, a, a description of a car that was being sought in connection with the sniper case. And a short time later, he noticed a car that, that matched that description at a Maryland rest stop. So he called 911. He was one of several people who called that night. However, he played an important role in capturing these two suspects because after calling 911, Lance and, and one other trucker blocked the exits to the rest area, which effectively trapped the suspects there until the police could arrive. But here's, here's what's special about Lance's story. You see, about a week before this happened, Lance was driving down the interstate when he heard another report about the snipers. And he decided that somebody needed to pray about this. So he got on his CB radio and he sent a call out to any of the other truckers out there who wanted to join him at a certain rest area for a time of prayer about the situation. It was getting dark when Lance pulled into the rest area and there were already about 50 rigs in that area. So they got out of their cabs and they, they stood in a circle holding hands. There were about 60 or 70 of them, including some, some wives and children. And Ron said, let's pray. And for almost a, a whole hour, they did just that. They prayed for these killings to come to an end. And one week later, Ron Lance spotted that Chevy Caprice at a Maryland rest area. And the rest is history. Now here's the question. Are those two events, that prayer meeting at the rest area and Ron Lance seeing this, this car a week later, are those two events related in any way? Some will say coincidence. Blah, blah, blah. All they will hear is thunder. And maybe they're right. Maybe it is a coincidence. I don't know. But I do know this. If you are not communicating with God every day, and if you are not making your requests known to God and listening for God's reply, then you are missing out on the greatest source, the greatest resource that life has to offer any of us. And that is the leading of God in this uncertain world. Mother Teresa put it like this. 
We need to find God, and God cannot be found in noise and restlessness. God is a friend of silence. See how nature, trees, flowers, grass thrive in the silence. See the stars, the moon, the sun, how they move in silence. The more we receive in silent prayer, the more we can give in our active lives. We need silence to be able to touch souls. The essential thing is not what we say, but what God says to us. God spoke. But all that most of the people heard was thunder. How about you? Can you hear the voice of God speaking to you today? Amen. going to sing, I am thine, O Lord, number 290, and this is an opportunity for you to respond to God's working in your life. You know, the thing about it is that God is always working in all of our lives. That's the kind of God we have. God, let me repeat that, God is always. Always, 24 7, 365, God is always working in every one of our lives. The question is are we slowing down enough to realize it? Are we slowing down enough to listen to God speaking into our hearts? It's an important thing for us to do. And maybe God is speaking into your heart even right now. And maybe God is saying to you, I need to accept this Christ who died on the cross for me. And I need to make him the Lord of my life. If you've never made that commitment, I invite you to do that this morning. Or maybe God is saying to you, you know, this is, this is the church that, that you need to be, be in. This is the church that you need to join and be a part of the fellowship in the ministries here. Then you need to do that today. Or maybe there's something else that God is speaking to your heart today that you need to do. And this is an opportunity for you to respond as we sing together, I am thine, O Lord. The question is, are we listening or are we just hearing thunder? Would you come?
have come to us, O God, for we, are, we were at one time far away from you, but you have drawn us close by the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. He is our peace. He has made us one and has broken down the walls that separate us. And so we no longer come to you as strangers and foreigners, but as fellow citizens of your kingdom, as members of your household, your family. And now as we leave here, may we do so filled with your spirit of love. Let us keep close the fellowship of your saints. And may we ever turn our ears to you, that when you speak, we shall listen and obey. <laughs>